Hello and welcome to a brand new episode brought to you on the Four Eyed Radio Network. If you want to see more shows, eh, check out foureyedradio.com, eh? Sorry about that. Hey there, Eric here from Socially Awkward Studios, and this Four Eyed Radio presentation is being proudly brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. How's it going? Ryan Mitchell here. Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, Titanium Ranger. Titanium Power. A little sound clip for you. Just wanted to say, uh, give a shout out to... Secret Ranger fan. She couldn't be here, but she is with us in spirit, and we'll talk to you guys later. Hey, 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 It's the Ranger Community Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, Episode 20, Ranger Command Post-Power Morphicon Wrap-Up, Part 1, recorded on September 1st, 2014. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. This episode is brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. Hello, Ranger Nation. Today we are recovering from Power Morphicon, and today we're going to be having a wrap-up of Power Morphicon, what we experienced, and all of that. So we have a few guests with us today. First, we have Chris also known as Kickback, tokunation.com, and the Tuck and Toku podcast. He was our roommate for the weekend, so hello, Chris. Hello, Eric. <laughs> we, uh, hello. Hey, that like such a supervillain. Hello, Eric. We also have Matt Jason, creator of The Ranger, short film on funnyordie.com. So welcome, Matt. Yo, yo, yo. I love that I'm the creator of The Ranger. I thought I was going to get Matt, also known as The Ranger, but that's cool. <laughs> we can do part two. Matt Jason, also known as The Ranger. <laughs> Everyone else got to gotta also known as. <laughs> You're the, the one and only Matt Jason. <laughs> Thank you. Good to, good to be here. We also have Steven Zarita. Animator, director, writer, editor, visual effects artist for Annoying Orange. Their greatest Power Ranger short was the Sour Rangers. And he also has Hyperdrive Pictures on YouTube. They are doing the Power Rangers Essentials series. So welcome, Steven. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for joining us. And we also have Susan Matisi, Public Relations Manager for Austin St. John. Susan, welcome. Hey, hey, darlings. I'm sorry. Nashville traffic is awful sometimes. I love your accent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Before we get into the whole Power Morphicon madness, we have a couple news items. First, at Power Morphicon, one of my friends, Tyler Waldman, he's also known to many as host of RangerCast, which is one of the first Power Rangers podcasts. He actually suffered a seizure at Power Morphicon on Friday afternoon of the show and spent the rest of the convention in the hospital. I watched that. I watched that go down. Oh, you were actually there for that. I was there when it all happened. Oh, my gosh. 
I didn't see it. Matt, you probably saw it. But I guess Austin St. John offered some medical assistance. I was right near Austin St. John's table, and I saw him. Some look of urgency came over his face, and I saw him go over like one aisle over to where a man had collapsed. And I saw him and two cops, and it looked like an EMT helping him out. I was not open aware of anything happening. I was so immersed in people, mm-hmm. hip deep in people in front of his table that I didn't have any idea anything was going on until they took the poor fellow out on a stretcher. But Austin had apparently gone over there and checked on him and kept an eye on him and, you know, him being an EMT himself. Yeah. Fund has been set up on GoFundMe. There was two passes donated by the folks over at Ranger Stop Convention to get Tyler to Ranger Stop, which is in November, and it's probably the East Coast Paramorphicon in a sense. They have a lot of Ranger guests that go there. That's in Orlando, right? Yes. So they were raising $1,250. Right now, they've raised $1,596 to pay for his flight, transportation, hotel expenses. And it was recently announced last week that Austin St. John has offered to pay Tyler's flight on his own dime. All of the extra donations after Tyler's guest flight, hotel, and rental car, uh, the rest of that money will go on a visa to help pay some of his hospital expenses. Phenomenal. Yeah. He was really concerned about Tyler. You know, he felt like he wanted to do something for him. When he found out about the GoFundMe to get him to Ranger Stop, He was like, find out who's running it and get in touch with them. I want to pay for his flight. He didn't make an announcement about it, and he's probably going to get me for saying anything about it. Even though they've exceeded their goal, any bit helps right now to help uh, Tyler with his hospital expenses. So. Kudos to Ranger Nation for totally stepping up and doing something good. I mean, I know it's, it's for a stranger, more or less, for a lot of people, especially a lot of people newer into the fandom. But to see a bunch of people get together and be able to do that, I mean, it was what an awesome thing. That's just really cool. Ranger Nation really came on this one. I donated a bit myself uh, just because I've known Tyler for years, and he's a really great guy, and he loves Power Rangers just as much, if not more, than all of us. Also, I have to give a shout-out to Karen Ashley, who also donated. As most people know, she played the yellow MMPR Ranger, and she also gave to Tyler's funds. Like Chris mentioned before, it's great to see all the fans coming together for Tyler. Everyone here wishes Tyler the best, and donate if you can. Absolutely, and we're really looking forward to seeing him at Ranger Stop in November. I wish I could go to that. <laughs> I just don't have, I'm tapped. Power Morphicon totally tapped me um, out. Oh, there were lots of wallets screaming after that one. Oh, yes. And then our final bit of news announcement. Power Rangers Super Mega Force is back. New episodes started this past Saturday, August 30th. But the Power of Six episode was actually released a week before on Power Morphicon weekend online at nick.com. As of this recording, the next episode, The Perfect Storm, has been released a week early on Hulu Plus. And some people are wondering if this is going to be a continuing trend of the episodes releasing early, or if this Perfect Storm episode was just a mistake on the part of Hulu Plus. Personally, I hope they keep making mistakes because... Didn't it, didn't this happen once either in uh, Super Samurai or in Megaforce? I thought Hulu Plus had an episode go early as well. 
Yeah, uh, that happened last season with Megaforce. Okay, so it happens like once a year, so there you go. I watched it today, and it was a pretty good episode. Had a lot of original footage, which is something that we've seen less of in the past years. Mm, it was that's... an original story, and it was it was really good. There's the budget. <laughs> yeah, all of the Tensu uh, shots, all of the CGI. <laughs> well, which episode are we talking about, Power of Six or Perfect Storm? I'm talking about Perfect Storm, but... Power of Six was really good, too. Power of Six, I like. Perfect Storm, I I, eh, I liked half of it. <laughs> I liked half of the episode. It depends on which half. Yeah. Right. I enjoyed, the, I enjoyed the second half of it. Oh, okay. you you got to mention what came in that entire episode, too. you got to mention the whole Legendary Squadron thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we finally get... The Die Ranger powers, we finally get a name for them, which is the Legendary Squadron. That's going to make people flip. Then we had the Silver Ranger say, oh, but I'll use Mighty Morphin. <laughs> Even though people know that all of those suits are from the same season in the Sentai, it was, I don't know, kind of odd. But, Chris, you finally got your Gold Ranger <laughs> appearance. Yeah, you know, and I was actually pretty excited because I they didn't just reference, let's use Zeo. They said, let's use the Zeo crystal to stop them, which shows a little bit of uh, paying attention to continuity. So Yeah, they said, let's use the power of the Zeo crystal. That's awesome. So, yes, I was very happy. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully we see more of the Gold Ranger. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's actually get into our Power Morphicon wrap-up. This was my first Power Morphicon. A lot of people here, it was their first. Who else was their first Power definitely, Morphicon? Uh, definitely true for me. My first Power Morphicon. My first convention like that in general ever, anyway. So what were your impressions of the convention? It was really cool. I, I didn't realize that Power Rangers had such a following. I mean, I always knew that... They continued season after season, but I, I, I didn't know that it was, you know, at the level where you could have conventions that people would, would, would fly in for. Friday night was cool, but, but Saturday, it, it just blew me away as to how many people were there debating in the discussions and buying merchandise and lining up to get autographs. I was really blew me away. And then, uh, Stephen, was this your first Paramorphicon, or have you gone to others? This was my second. I went to the one in 2012, which was amazing, and this one was just bigger it's it's crazy it's so much more going on it was a blast and then susan you've been to all of them or no i didn't get to go to the very first one in 07 but i've been to the other three so far it's gotten bigger and bigger every year i don't see that trend stopping to be honest with you after last weekend with that convention just seeing the amount of lines for just admission, yeah. it's, it's going to be crazy I and mean, they'd be crazy not to do another one and they actually did announce that there will be another Paramorphicon in 2016, which is going to be nuts because the movie releases a month before, if they have it in August. That's going to be insane with the new movie. They usually do it every two years instead of uh, annually? Yeah, it's every two years. It's I guess it gives enough time for mm-hmm. fans to save their money and also for them to prepare and get a impressive guest list because this was the biggest that they had in terms of guests as well. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And they also work in conjunction with Make-A-Wish Foundation. So maybe the two years gives time for more kids whose wishes are to meet the Power Rangers for them to organize something with the foundation as well. Personally, I'm glad it's every two years because uh, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I can afford it every year. Uh, yeah, I got to agree with that. <laughs> It yeah, would just be too much. Yeah, and when you know, have fellows that, that come over from the UK, like we had a large UK contingent there, mm-hmm. folks from Australia and all over. Wow. And that's, that is not a cheap trip. I know they would probably like it to be every year, but financially, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. I just drive over from Burbank. Travel expenses are nothing. Oh, <laughs> oh, get out of here. Yeah, I got to chime in on that. It was an easy drive from, from Silver Lake for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was living in Los Angeles for the uh, first Paramorphicon, so it was a simple, like, train ride and then a cab. <laughs> yep. oh, it was four and a half hour flight for me, and all the way over there, I'm, I was like, okay, don't whine, don't whine, because I'm thinking about my, my guys coming from London, and that's an 11-hour flight. Ooh. You know, four hours you can do, okay? If you have right. 11. <laughs> I would do 11 hours for Paramorphicon. Of the people who have gone to the past Paramorphicons, how do you think this one compared to the other PMCs? Obviously, it was larger. Would you say in terms of organization, guests, that kind of thing? What are your thoughts? The guest list was definitely a lot bigger. From my point of view, the organization I thought could have been better. Just getting the badge to get in was kind of, where do I go? Do I go here? Oh, no, wait, no, this person says I go there. Well, I'm just going to wait here for 10 minutes. Okay, and now I've got my badge, even though I've been at the front of the line for 10 minutes. So I thought it could have been a little better organized, but once I got in, it was a blast. We were in a different room this year. The bigger room was, it seemed a little cooler than last year, like mm-hmm. AC was on, which I appreciated, <laughs> and, uh, and a bit more space. I was glad to see that, too, the more space, because we were wondering. They had initially decided to go for a free-for-all approach as far as tables go. Before, they had tried assigning tables, and people were just moving where they wanted to go. Because you, you have Polly and Narby pulling everything together. And then you had all the time force people that wanted to be together, so they were moving stuff around and all that. So we're like, okay. Now, wait a minute here. we got to have a place for Austin's line, huge line. So we're like, okay, Zach, Austin's agent, who is also Walter, David, and Karen's agent, mm-hmm. was like, no, we're going to have an assigned area for them because we knew their line, them being the MMPRs, the lines were going to be bigger down that end. So they organized it well, and we had a nice, we had a nice area over there where we could have a nice long line. So it worked out well. Yeah, and I have so- to say for Austin's line, I thought that was handled really well in yeah. terms of the line management. Yeah, well, my girl Sarge, <laughs> Melanie. She oh yeah, can, she can run a line. She's <laughs> no problem. And yes, you listen yes, when she, she barks. Can. You listen when she barks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it went well. The organization of the of the entire con, and you know, in some ways, like you were saying with it, and I didn't have to go through all that with getting the passes and all that. And I know some people stood out there for a long time. Everything else I thought went fairly well with the panels and the photo op and all that sort of thing. Of course, I I had almost had tunnel vision all weekend, so I was right in that. I was down in that one corner, and that's all I saw. But the parts that I actually participated in, I thought went well. And I don't know if anyone else experienced this, and I don't know about past PMCs, but there was just so much to do, and there there just wasn't enough time to see it all. Uh, There was people I missed that I wanted to see. It was just constantly running around, and there was always something going on. And I think I only made it to two 
panels yeah. the entire convention despite uh, being platinum. It was just – it was crazy. I think of it as like – it's like the Disney World of cons. It's like you have to go in there with a plan knowing that you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to do everything. Just picking out the things that you definitely have to do and get those done, <laughs> and then everything oh, yeah. else is gravy, right? <laughs> Personally, I made it to the two panels that I wanted to. The Austin St. John Yuda panel, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. That was hilarious. Yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, Super Mega Force panel with the Dino Charge announcement. Those were my two favorite panels. I went to both of those as well. The Forever Red panel rocked. If you didn't get to go to it, be sure you watch the video. <laughs> and that's what I think's great about Power Morphicon is there are so many people taking videos and different perspectives, you can pretty much see the entire panel schedule online on YouTube. Yeah. So for me, I just need to have find some time to catch up and watch all of those. <laughs> I know, me too. I want to see the stunt panel because I didn't get to go to it. And I know Dan Southworth was in it and TJ Rotolo and all those fabulously talented folks. And I would love to hear what they had to say about it. So now we're going to move into some perspectives from each of our guests. We're going to start out with you, Susan. Mm-hmm. First, how was Austin St. John's appearance here compared to other conventions that he's been on his tour so far this year? Oh, well, he's been getting a really good turnout at all of his appearances. But this, of course, was, oh, my God, was like the king has returned, you know, <laughs> and the lines were insane. But we knew they were going to be. He's the original Red and hasn't done Morphicon since 07. We were prepared for that. Well, as well as you can be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. um, we tried our best. Austin stayed after everything else had shut down each night. He was the last one to leave every single night because he would not leave until everybody got their autograph or their picture or whatever they wanted. We were there Sunday. They were breaking down stuff and sweeping up, and we were still there. He was insistent about that, and there were some issues with, unfortunately, because his lines were so long, he couldn't get through the entire line before he'd have to go for a photo op or he'd have to go Mm -hmm. for a panel. And there was some complaint that was disappointing because he never took time to eat. He didn't even take time to go to the bathroom, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was just trying his best to make sure everybody was happy and, you know, people were going to gripe. But I think on the whole, everybody was very happy because he likes it. He takes as much time as he can with each person. He doesn't just sign it and push you on. He's not going to do that. He's not that way at all. He wants to hear what you have to say to him. And I've seen him sit and have long conversations with people. It was good, and he really, really enjoyed meeting Yuta Mokuzuki, Geki. <laughs> yeah, and I was telling people, I was like, when they they brought him over to meet Austin. I was in line for that. I filmed that. <laughs> yeah, he already had a big line going, and they brought him over, and I'm like, oh, crap. I swear, I've never watched a moment of Sentai. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but I just never have. But I understand the historic significance of what was happening there. And I got goosebumps. I did just watching those two come together. And then of course they became fast friends over the weekend because they did panels together. They did photo shoots together. We all kind of went out on the town on all the nights run together. But I think that was Sunday. (laughs) Maybe it was Saturday. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, it was really cool. And he's very nice. He doesn't have a whole lot of English, but he tries and he had his translator. So it worked out real well. Yeah. When I saw Utah at the panel for the Austin St. John Utah panel, the English that he did have 
was hilarious. He had hilarious timing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. just really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's really very funny. I wish I could understand what he says in his native language because I'm <laughs> sure he's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, it went well. The photo shoots went well. We're all very happy with it. I was very impressed with how Austin, even knowing the line was long, he didn't really seem to shuffle anyone through. He really took his time and seemed to be mm-hmm. talking to people and was very engaging. Really gained even more respect for him that week than I already had. Oh, yeah. He's not going to rush people. He's not. And he insists on anybody in a wheelchair or on crutches having any mobility issues are brought to the front of the line. Anybody in uniform, any kind of public servant at all, Mm -hmm. fire, EMT, military, of course, anybody like that, they're brought to the front of the line. And he's insistent upon that. He cares a whole lot about his fans. He really does. I think that shows. I know when I was in line on Friday, uh, being one of the first, and when he first came out, he took the time to shake everyone's hand that was currently in line when he showed up. Yeah. And I thought that said a lot about him, too. Yeah, he definitely wants to connect as much as possible with his fans. He's doing this to get out and meet everybody that he had no idea everybody was still there. (laughs) And Walter's like, come on, man, you need to do some cons. And Austin's like, that was 20 years ago, man. But he sees now. (laughs) I heard that from a lot of first-time Ranger actors that went to this convention. They simply have no idea. They had no idea until Power Morphicon that Mm -hmm. there was still such an interest. And I think any remaining actors who haven't gone to cons, if someone just tells them, hey, this is a big deal for people, I think anyone would sign up to have that experience. Oh, yeah. I know even personally, I had no idea the fandom was this huge before I got into it. Because, as like I've said on previous shows, I didn't grow up watching it. My daughter Mm -hmm. grew up watching it, and I watched it with her. And that's how I knew anything about it. And then I kind of fell into it. And then the more I got into it, I'm like, wow, this is huge. And it's only grown since then. And that was only five or six years ago. Because I've had people ask me, is there enough Ranger presence out there to really do a con dedicated just to Power Rangers? And I'm like, oh, heck yes. (laughs) No worries. One cool thing about Austin and Utah that a lot of people probably don't realize is that those solo panels, they're supposed to be two, but unfortunately the second one didn't happen because his line was so massive and he just could not leave them again. Mm -hmm. But that was supposed to be just him. And he's like, no, Yuda is coming with me. And then when he came into the Forever Red panel and he made his entrance, which we planned that, yes, he purposely came in a little bit late so he could deliver that line from Forever Red. He insisted that Yuda come with him and come up on stage at the same time with him. And he also directed a question or two down that way when they were all about asking him questions. And he was like, well, let's ask our other original down there on the other end. So I think that says a lot about him, that he's he's not there just for the spotlight, that he really wanted Utah to feel comfortable and enjoy the con as well. And it seemed like they got along great, at least in the interactions that mm-hmm. I saw. Oh, they did, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to shift our perspective over to Matt. So, Matt, first Paramorphicon, first experience at a convention. And you were coming into this with your newest film, The Ranger. Yes. How was the fan response at Paramorphicon? It was incredible. Everyone that came up to me had very positive things to say. And it's not like I was swarmed. Once in a while, someone would come up to me and, oh, hey, I I saw the Ranger. I liked it. 
when I first created it, I didn't even know that there was such a, a fan base. I thought I would just make something with a little twist at the end. Mm. Or, or in this case, it really turned out to be a big twist. I guess my big worry when I first made it was that Ranger fans wouldn't respond well to it. Maybe I was desecrating their temple as how they <laughs> perceived the Rangers to be because I was going on this darker route with it. But everyone seems to like it. Everyone who came up to me was really, just really, really, really nice. What's your experience from seeing the fandom since those early days of Mighty Morphin all the way up to Power Morphicon? Like you said, you had no idea that the fans were this huge? I had no idea. I mean, I knew once I started getting a lot of response on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, but once the film started getting a lot of views, that there was a, a huge presence out there. But when I got the message that I was invited to Power Morphicon, I said, oh, this is this little get-together of Power Ranger fans. <laughs> I, <you> know, <laughs> and then I saw it was at the Pasadena Convention Center. I'm like, oh, it's the legitimate convention. And then, of course, I, I show up there and I, I see all the people and it just blew me away. I was a little nervous going in there because, again, I really only watched up to Zio. So my knowledge of the entire series is I, I was worried that I wouldn't be able to speak intelligently to people if they were asking <laughs> questions about past series and stuff. Well, since then, have you gone back and watched any episodes from previous seasons? I have. I uh, I started, because there's so much of it, I started polling people on Twitter what some of their favorite seasons were, and uh, and I started uh, watching some of them. I watched RPM, I believe, was like the post-apocalyptic one. When yeah. They're all, uh, uh, yeah, I saw, and of course, I don't, I can't watch every single episode, so I, I jump right. around, and I, you know, I saw some of that, and after that, I saw Jungle Fury, which I absolutely loved. Like RPM, I liked, but Jungle Fury, I thought, had a lot of the elements of old kung fu movies, which I loved, with it, having animal spirits. And I thought the actors in it, they really looked like legitimate martial artists. I know a lot of them, they're actors, and then a lot of the action sequences happens uh, when they're in costume. But mm -hmm. like in Jungle Fury, they fought a lot on their own using an incredible array of martial arts skills. Lately, I've been watching Ninja Storm, which I've been enjoying as well. And of course, the one that's going on as Super Mega Force. Well, those are all great seasons. I think everyone can find something different in all of these seasons. But yeah, Jungle Fear, I know one of our listeners, RJ Uchi, he's going to love your response to that because he's a huge Jungle Fury fan. <laughs> hey, watch Time Force. <laughs> Time Force will be the next one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the writing is excellent in Time Force. It really is. Oh, cool. That'll be next in the queue. I was actually going to ask what's the next one I should see, but I'm just going to go with that one. Yes, I would. I'm also biased, SPD. Yeah, SPD yeah. and Time Force. SPD yeah, is SPD is good, too. A lot of people on Twitter mentioned SPD. SPD, RPM, Jungle Fury, th those all seem to come up a lot, as well as the original one. But I'd, I'd see, I actually have been going back and watching the original, too, because I certainly haven't seen all of them. So it's been catching up with my childhood again, which has been kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely try In Space solely for the finale alone. That's probably the best way to wrap up that original arc. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for things to watch. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. I'll definitely do that. And the Forever Red episode, of course. That one I saw. That one I okay. saw one day just randomly online. I was looking at old Power Ranger clips and that Forever Red, I saw it and I absolutely loved it. I particularly loved, from an acting standpoint, you know, mm -hmm. where I come from, Austin St. John in it because in the original he was really nice and innocent and fresh-faced and good-natured. And then in, in Red, I'm like, whoa, he's got like a little bit of an attitude. And, you know, you think about it and it's like... Well, of course he's got an attitude. I took down Rita Repulsa and Lord Zed and uh, what was his name? Mondo? King Mondo? Right. He's gone through so much. And then 
some new guy goes to try to shake his hand. He's like, yeah, okay, okay let's see you prove yeah. yourself. I'm a former firefighter myself. It's very common to kind of bust on the new guys like that. And I felt uh, <laughs> a little bit of that as well. So that, that particularly was my favorite bit in the episode when he, he didn't shake the guy's hand at, at first. He even called him a newbie in the episode. Yo. Or a rookie. He said rookie or newbie. I think it was rookie. I think it yeah. was rookie, yeah. The yeah. word we yeah. use in the fire department is proby, but I, you know, like, I, it's almost <laughs> like I, I heard the, uh, someone in a fire department addressing a proby, which I just, I loved. Austin's favorite part of that episode is his entrance. When he gets off the bike and takes off the helmet and turns around, he was like, I felt like I was in a shampoo commercial. Like, I had to just toss my hair. <laughs> and for the Forever Red panel at Morphicon, I was like, you've got to do the line. You've got to. He got this evil grin on his face, and he's like, all right, all right. But what I love about Forever Red is you can tell who is actually a martial artist in that and who's not. Because they keep the shots tight on the people who actually can do their own fighting, like Austin and Dan and Frank, people like that. And then they pull back from the ones that you know aren't really martial artists, just so you can tell that's, that's not a stuntman. Yeah, it is. I got to go back and watch that one again. Matt, what else did you get to see at the convention? What were some of your favorite experiences? Was it the panels? Was it just meeting fans the panels were really 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 cool i felt that all the speakers were really engaging they were really good about answering questions and a lot of that stuff was very interesting i particularly liked the producers panel as well because you really got to find out a lot of uh, stuff that goes on uh, behind the scenes you know as an actor it was very interesting to me when questions were asked like whoa who did you find was the most dramatic actor to work with who caused the most problems and those are little things that they're just interesting to hear because you hear some of their answers like Ooh, I, I never would have thought that about that person. There was the original uh, Mighty Morphin panel with Walter and David and Austin that I thought was great. I got to say, I probably enjoyed the panels a little bit more than the convention floor itself, just because mm-hmm. I'm not really a toy collector, and I didn't even know who most of the, the rangers were. Coming from where I am, I just I found the panels a little bit more interesting. Meeting Michelangelo was very cool, though, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> when you were on the show floor, did you buy anything? There was one thing that I bought. I will turn on my video here. You can take a look. I bought this. Oh, whoa. E-Man. Yeah. I saw this. And, you know, as much as Power Rangers brings me back to my childhood, you know, I was 13 then. He-Man brings me back to, like, the happiest point of my life when I was, like, five, six years old. And I had a little toy sword that I'd stick in my back. And I'd go everywhere with that. My mom would take me out for a burger somewhere, and I'd always be wearing that sword. As soon as I saw this picture, I said, I have to have this. At $15, it was a bargain. Yeah, that's not bad. Very cool. Very cool. Nice one. Thank you. I mean, I already have a legacy morpher, so what else am I going to buy? I thought I, actually, I thought about buying a, uh, a little Red Ranger figurine, and I thought, eh, save it for another time, maybe. <laughs> We'll send you one, Matt, okay? Thank you. (laughs) Now we're going to move on to Stephen. Hey. So, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you have your own channel, the Hyperdrive. Yeah, Hyperdrive Pictures. With your Power Rangers Essentials series. So, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, basically, it's four episodes in, but the idea of it is let's say two years from now, the movie's about to come out. 
and you haven't watched Power Rangers since you were a kid and you want to kind of catch up on it and you don't want to watch all, I mean, there's over 100 episodes of Mighty Morphin. Maybe I can boil it down to 30 must-see episodes that give you the whole story. And I'm going to do that chronologically through all the seasons. So you can say, oh, these are the 10 best episodes of Zio or, you know, the 15 best of this season and that season and kind of give you a Cliff Notes version of the entire show. Very nice. And you're also doing interviews. Yeah, I was doing a lot a lot of interviews at Power Morphicon. I did the final count after I logged all the footage and I did around 18, which is way more than I used to do because I used to do <laughs> interviews a couple years ago and I've been kind of itching to get back into it and I figured Power Morphicon is the best place to start up though. I was a little surprised at the end of the week and I was like, wow, how did I get that many done? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I watched your recap video. So you had a full crew. Right. It's a crew of people I've been working with since college. We'd all been doing interviews in some form or another, usually on film premieres and red carpets. And I think the biggest one we did was Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the Michael Cera movie. Yeah. And we interviewed the cast of that. And it was kind of crazy to take that crew over in LA now and, and do the, all these interviews. We didn't have much rust to work through and it, it kind of worked like a well-oiled machine, luckily. As an interviewer doing these interviews, what was it like interviewing former cast members and people that you've watched on the show? It was crazy. It's really different than your typical celebrity interview. Like the Scott Pilgrim example, it was very easy, I thought. But then when I come to Morphicon, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, I grew up imitating these people and... <laughs> Don't ask something embarrassing. I mean, the first Morphicon, I wasn't even doing interviews, and I had to work up a lot of courage just to say hi to these people. So the second time around, it was much easier. Overall, it was pretty fun, and I found it a lot easier. I'd, I'd seen these episodes so many times to so just kind of make up questions on the fly and go where they wanted to go. So, you know, if they wanted to talk about a certain aspect of their time on the show, I would ask them more about that than running down my set list of questions. As someone who was covering all these interviews and all that stuff, did you have time to experience the rest of the convention? No, not really. I pretty <laughs> much missed all the panels. I saw the Mega 64 panel because that was after everything had finished up. But really, I spent my entire time on the showroom floor. And I figured so many people film them, I'll be able to catch them on YouTube later. Yeah. So I didn't get to do any panels this year. I think it was worth it. I got to make pretty meaningful connections with a lot of, like I said, the Rangers I grew up watching and imitating. And at one point, Karen Ashley even complimented me on my interviewing skills after the interview and I was just really blown away by that and that was the last interview of the day so I was smiling on the whole car ride home <laughs> she is such a sweetheart gotta love Karen <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah there seemed to be a, a lot of press coverage for this event so this is a question for everyone what are your thoughts on this new resurgence of popularity for power rangers all the attention that it seems to be getting and now with the announcement of the movie and just from what you've seen at the convention for me well, great. yeah it was a lot of fun i went through a phase in life where it was definitely not cool to like power rangers but i stuck with it and then now it's just kind of funny and I'm laughing at everyone else now that it's coming back into the cool thing and there's going to be these movies and everybody's going to be buying all these toys again going, oh man, I remember this. So I, yeah, no, I'm, go ahead. I'm with you. I completely watched Power Rangers in secret. It was not the cool thing to watch. I <laughs> kind of just, I went home and it was my own little thing I enjoyed. There was a friend that I had in high school that we talked about it every now and then, but I really was the only guy I thought in my school, there were probably a lot of other closet fans too, that, uh, that watched it. I was 13 or 14 and I think it was meant for a younger audience, but I thought it was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you what I do is even out there, we got one of the shuttle drivers from the hotel. And a lot of times they don't really know what's going on in the convention center. But we were talking about the convention and the fact that we had some Japanese guests and all this other kind of stuff. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, well, he's right. He's about the right age. And I'm like, well, you know, you watched the show when you was young, didn't you? And he couldn't say anything. And I'm like, come on now, don't front. You know you did. You know, he's like, yes, I did. And I always do that. To I'm like, don't front. You know you watched it. <laughs> And you get these people going, yeah, I watched it. Oh, my God, that's what I thought. All right. But, yeah, I think it's great, particularly with Netflix having all of the seasons on mm-hmm. it, the DVDs that have been put out. We see them coming up to the table all the time. You know, we have people that are parents of young children. They grew up watching the show, and now they're introducing it to their children. And it's amazing how many of these little kids know who Austin is. <laughs> because you'd expect them to know Megaforce and Samurai and right. They know, and it's amazing. And Austin just loves talking. He loves kids. He's all about talking to them. I think it's great for the fandom that it's, and for the franchise, a bit of a second life. Yeah, and definitely seeing that, even at the Power Force breakfast, seeing Saban's commitment to the future of the franchise. I think we're in for some surprises, and I think the movie announcement was kind of a shock to everyone. I can only imagine what 2016 Morphicon is going to be like. That's that's going to be insane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'll tell you, with the new vigor for Power Rangers, you know, it mm-hmm. certainly, for me as an actor-filmmaker, has inspired to me to make more episodes. Now, knowing that there's such a huge following, I'm already working on other content to put out. We're Great. looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Even in the dojo, there's a bunch of kids that now are coming in that want to learn martial arts because of Power Rangers. And that's the way it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. That was me as a kid. <laughs> that's how <laughs> I got started. Exactly. And it, uh, it's happening all over. Well, not that it ever really stopped, but, you know, right. it's, it's really, really kicking back into high gear again. Karate was in its heyday when Power Rangers was first. The 80s and early 90s, that is when karate studios, karate schools were really... My old sensei used to say that restaurant was the biggest type of store that you'd see everywhere, but martial arts schools, karate schools were second biggest. Oh, yeah. And then with the whole thing with like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the time in the late 80s, early 90s, and then Power Rangers. Yeah, Bruce Lee started it in the 70s, and yeah, Turtles, Power Rangers, guys like that really continued the trend. Anything else you guys want to sound off about Paramorphicon? I gotta say, I interviewed a lot of actors, but one cool thing about the resurgence in fandom is I actually interviewed a lot of fans, including you, Matt. There's so many familiar faces you see at these conventions, like Matt with the (laughs) Ranger and like Black Nerd Comedy and Mm -hmm. and other people. I was like, I gotta interview these people and and get a a little peek into their fan experience, because I just love hearing all these different stories and that's probably one of the most fun things about the con is connecting with other people's stories with this franchise right i have to agree with that that was probably one of my biggest highlights is meeting all these people that i've been interacting with online and it's weird to get recognized at these things when you're not an actor <laughs> and then you're like hey i i've seen your videos i've listened to your podcast and it's like what i don't I don't I know even know how, how to respond to that. <laughs> I know how you feel. I've, I started getting recognized a couple of years ago, you know, working with the different guys and stuff. And I have people all the time, you know, hey, Susan, how, how you do? You know, and I'm like, hi, how are you? Who are you? Uh, yeah. you know, I, mean, I mean, I'm genuinely happy to see them, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know them. Some of them I recognize. It depends on their profile picture. It looks like right. them. Okay. I know. Yeah, I've seen your face. But it, it's weird to people to come up, you know, and I have people coming up hugging me and stuff. And I'm I'm like, hi, how are you? What's your name? <laughs> you know? Morphicon is not 
your average con. I think right. of it more as a big dysfunctional family reunion because, <laughs> because I, there's people that I only see at Morphicon. Mm-hmm. Every other year I see these, and that's the only time I ever see them. It was wild. And every time I turned around, I was getting hugged by somebody. TJ Rotolo come up, Aaron and Michael Capone and Font and Dan and all these people that I haven't seen in two years come up. Every time I turn around, there's somebody else behind me. Probably the two coolest moments for me. One, meeting Austin was awesome because after I made my movie and I hadn't, I didn't know if he saw it, if he didn't see it, I was so worried that he would be offended and maybe he didn't like my portrayal or, you know, whatever it was. You, you know, as an actor, you get all insecure about all kinds of things. But he just, he couldn't have been any warmer, any nicer. When someone came over and said, oh, Matt Jason's here, he wants to say hello. He looked right at me, he goes, Matt Jason, I got your ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I'm getting to it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I said before, even more respect for the guy now. I was really happy I met him. The other cool moment was a guy uh, in a mask came over to me and said how much he liked the Ranger. And I was talking to him for a while, and finally I was like, dude, you could take your mask off, you know? I mean, I'm... (laughs) And he took his mask off, and I recognized him because I was at the Dino Ranger panel. It was Yoshi, the new Blue Ranger. Oh, wow. Who was hiding, because I guess he wasn't he wasn't really supposed to be for the panel. But we, him and I ended up speaking a while. He's got a really cool story, if you ever got him on the show. He was a super fan, always wanted to be on the show, got a job doing stunts because he's got like a parkour martial arts background. And then after that, made the right connections. They hired him on as a ranger. I found it very inspiring. It's amazing. He's actually a member of a big Power Rangers group on Facebook, Facebook Rangers. And he's totally one of the fans. He is a complete nerd when it comes to Power Rangers. (laughs) It's amazing. It's like, wow, one of us. We sat in the hotel room. We were reenacting the scene. One of us, one of us. <laughs> That's one of us is Kevin and Jeff from Dino Thunder. Mm-hmm. One of my helpers, one of my, one of my minions, his name's Quentin. We call him Junior. Everybody thinks he's Austin's son because he, he's a big boy. kind of looks like Austin. Um, <laughs> he was walking around. He was helping us and everything. And he went over and talked to them and things had quieted down a little bit. So he had, was, had been talking to Jeff and Kevin and he was like, well, you want to go meet Austin? And they're like, yeah. And he said they, they they literally pushed each other out of the way and almost vaulted the table to have a chance to actually talk to Austin. And I thought that was so funny. And Matt, before I forget, Austin truly enjoyed your movie. He was not just being kind. He tried him because he was talking to me about it when he after he first saw it. I sent him the link along with a few other people, and he was like, "That was really good." He was like, "This guy is a good actor." Did he really? I'm like, I'm absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm not. I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm serious. That's exactly got, what he said. I got tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really enjoyed it, and I must say, being from the Red Contingent. It was refreshing to see something of the Red Ranger for a change. Well, you know, he was always my favorite. I mean, don't get me wrong. White, green, that was very cool. But I don't know. I always, I, when I was younger, when I was, a, you know, a martial artist myself, always wanted to be the Red Ranger. That would have been my, like Yoshi. That's why I thought it was so cool talking to Yoshi. When I was <laughs> that age, that was my, man, I wish I could be a, a Power Ranger. That would be an awesome job. Absolutely. Well, there you go. You are one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where the the future of the business is going. You know, if you're not getting work, write your own stuff. Made myself a ranger. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I can't believe you liked it. That's so cool. Oh, he did. He, he definitely did. Actually, I have to ask AP. What? what? I've, been, I've been here this whole time. I know you didn't get to go to the convention 
but what was it like kind of living through everyone else? And I know I helped get you some autographs and stuff. What was the outsider perspective kind of looking into Paramorphicon? Well, it gave me something to be excited about during work. During breaks at work, I would just check my Twitter feed and see what was going on. Like a bright spot my day. It was really neat to see like all the different Ranger actors get back together, and I really like that. I've already decided at the next one I'm going to reveal who I am to everybody. So. Oh my gosh. I know. Like I'm here first. I thought you were just going to buy a helmet and like walk around just in normal clothes, but just with the helmet on. I thought that's I will do that, and then eventually I'll take the helmet off. But. Yeah, I got you some autographs, and I was saying, oh, she couldn't be here, but she's a really big fan. All of the actors, everyone was really great. Everyone was really helpful and very easy to talk to. For some of them, they're just as surprised as we are that they're there. I was talking to Allison Kipperman from Wild Force, and this was her first time at any convention, and she was just blown away by the fan response. It was really nice to talk to her and just to talk with a lot of these people. They're just in it for the fans, getting to talk to Sean Johnson, and he was a great person too. And just the fact that he got to see these fans and see this fan response, I think all of them are blown away by it. Sean's light speed, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Red light speed. I spoke to him for a while, too. He's very, very, very nice dude. He is. He is. First time I'd met him as well, and he's very nice, very sweet guy. I really hope he does a lot more cons. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like Lexington. <laughs> yes, we Lexington. Actually, we actually introduced him to the owners of the Lexington con, Jared and Jamie. So, right. fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm definitely going to Lexington. That's my next convention. But I already booked the hotel. (laughs) You can't miss that one. That's a no miss. Well, speaking of future conventions, especially Matt, Stephen, are are you guys planning on going to any conventions in the future besides Paramorphicon? The guys that run, uh, what was that one in Orlando? Ranger Stop? Ranger Ranger Stop. Stop. So the guys that ran that, when I walked by their panel, they both, one of them recognized me. We started talking a while and he gave me his business card and and said he would love to screen the Ranger uh, and I should come. Problem is too many trips, you know, I'm not big enough that they're going to fly me out there, obviously. It's just too many trips for me. I'm flying to New York to shoot a movie in November and then in December, supposed to be going to Miami for a little bit. So it's just a little too much for me. But if I, money was no object, I'd be there in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to Kamikaze here in L.A. in October. I might be going to Alamo City Comic Con back in San Antonio sometime in September, and I think a couple of the Rangers are going to be there, too. Which Always one? busy with the convention. Al- Alamo, Alamo City? Yeah, in San, San Antonio. Antonio. I think yeah. Austin's going to be there, right? September? Yes. Yeah. Well, all four of the, the Mighty Morphins are going to be there. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Rangers that's everywhere. Cool. Love it. That's, that's all my <laughs> as well. Yeah, Lexington's my next one. I missed this past year, but I can't miss another one, especially if Austin's going to be there. It'll be yep. good to see him again. <laughs> yep, that's the plan. He's got several coming up, but that's definitely on the on the radar. Well, next we're going to move on to our Ranger Nation Answers segment. So, AP, how about you take this one away? So, our question this time was, what was your favorite Power Morphicon 2014 memory? And Jonathan Howe on Facebook said, I didn't go to Power Morphicon, but the best thing I saw was that someone posted the dual morph from Yutomo Chizugi and Austin St. John 
the way both of the morphs got screwed up is just icing on the cake. <laughs> that, that, was, that was probably my favorite funny moment at the convention, because I got to see that live. I yeah, love that. I, the coin I went flying. Yeah, the coin flew out. Oh, man. The coin, the coin went flying. It was amazing. And then the fact that Utah, one of the questions was about the morpher, and if he used the legacy morpher in the movie, the Sentai movie, and he's like, oh, yes, very heavy. And, you know, for having to have him to go, oh, it's very heavy. During his morph, it completely flies out of his hand. <laughs> that was just hilarious. I think it was awesome that it happened to both of them. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Must be a red thing. I don't know. In their defense, because owning a legacy morpher and learning uh-huh. how to use it when I first got it, you know, there is that button in the back that's yep. very that's easy like, to push. And yeah, that's what's the, happening. You know, yeah, and, banging my knuckles up against that. And especially, you know, when you're doing it with full commitment like they are, very easy for a coin to fly out. Yeah, yeah I think Austin's yeah. coin went like 20 feet. <laughs> yeah, Austin's got mitt. He's got big hands, and so, right. of course, he's got that thing on his hand. Obviously, when he do- it pushes that button, and the coin goes, ding, off in his face. <laughs> it happened more than once. So, Vince Ariola said, I have a few. I made new friends from standing in line for a good while. We hung out at random times, and it was great. Guest-wise, it was meeting Ari Boyland from RPM. The Megaforce cast signing was great since we got to meet face-to-face. And also seeing Aaron Cahill after four years was like a reunion. It was great this year. I enjoyed all the guests, but those were my top faves. I have to say, Aaron Cahill is truly one of the sweetest people ever. Is she not? She I, is, I adore her. Yeah, she is so sweet. I actually designed one of her autograph pictures that they, I guess, used for the VIP event. And then I went to go up uh, to have it signed, and she was like, oh, my gosh. And But the thing was, she was giving everyone hugs. She's just so great and, yeah, very friendly. She's probably one of the nicest people. Yeah, And she hugs everybody, so <laughs> she's such a sweetheart. So Kate Smothers said... Hanging out with Richard Brinkestano the last day. He is adorable and so sweet. Yeah, I played the Mystic Four Screen Ranger. We got to hang out a little bit with him at the VIP party on Friday. But then I just stopped by at his table on Sunday. And he's just such a cool guy. He's like totally chill and really willing to meet all of his fans. And just just great guy. Our Twitter fans, uh, Morphin K, said, The amazing fan coverage. A good number of people helped those of us who couldn't make it feel like we were there. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Show Factory, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But but they had that live stream going, and I watched that because they have it archived on YouTube. And they had some really good interviews as well. I recommend anyone check that out. Adam Stabelli said, although I wasn't at PMC, seeing the reveal of the Dino Charge cast was the highlight. Scott Sandler said, my favorite memory was seeing the pics come in on Twitter from fans and guests, the Ranger Command After Dark, and Dino Charge reveal. The Dino Charge thing was huge. The whole room went nuts when they showed up. Yeah, it was crazy. I thought the trailer particularly was amazing really got me excited you know and i'm again i'm not even a super fan but uh mm-hmm. it got me excited about the upcoming season yeah it was very well put together it was pretty jam-packed susan while you're here any update on austin uh, being a part of it <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh, 
Well, like he said, there's some talk going on from both sides, and no, there's no contract on the table or anything like that just yet. But they are talking, and it will just depend on a lot of things. He's got several things in the works, the timing and things like that. So we'll see. There's been a large fan response wanting him for mm-hmm. either do a, something in the movie or something in Dino Charge. And I know he'd love to. It's just a matter of things work out that way. Of course. Leonardo Talavera said, Meeting Trekkie B47, Wrangle, the true Goldar, and Rowan. Also seeing that legacy Saba, oof, so beautiful and sexy. (laughs) Leo, we had such a great time hanging out with him. He's a young fan. I think he's only like 17 or 18. And just hanging out with him and seeing his experience was pretty great. He actually showed up at the last bit of the convention when they opened it up free to everyone at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Kerrigan, who is the true Goldar, it was Kerrigan's sister who was kind of talked him into t- skipping work so he could attend the last bit of Paramorphicon. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he had a great time, and it was fun just hanging out with him. Nightmare said, didn't go to PMC, but the reveal of the Dino Charge cast, love the cast already, and seeing Pineapple the Clown suit actor, as well as seeing Utah and Austin together. I'm not a Sentai fan, but it was cool to see the two of them interact. Gotta chime in and say, it was just really cool seeing Pineapple the Clown and Austin St. John interact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was so strange. We went out to lunch with him. Oh, man. And out of of makeup and everything, and he's just a normal, regular guy. And then we get over to the con, and he comes in in full makeup and costume and everything. And I'm like, that's the same guy? But he's... (laughs) Yeah, he's very good at it. It really embodies that character. And he and Austin had fun playing off of each other. And, of course, Goldar, the cosplayer Goldar, along with Kerrigan in the background providing the voice. That was fun. Yeah, I saw that video where uh, the Goldar had, like, the sword up to his neck, and they were yeah. all goofing around. That was pretty <laughs> that funny. Was fun. That was fun. Man, Pineapple the Clown, he looks the same as he did yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the exact same costume from the episode, actually. Mm-hmm. What? Is, that, he was, I interviewed him, actually, he was probably my most energetic interview. But yeah, they he made, he, Saban didn't give him a costume for that episode. He made that costume, went in for the episode, and then took it back home with him. And then he dug it back out for this convention 20 years later. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's insane. (laughs) You know, while we're on the topic of looking like they haven't aged, Walter Jones looks exactly the same as he did in the episode. I don't know what he does, if he, like, does cleanses in a vegan or whatever, but, (laughs) oh, my God. I haven't seen him, you know, since the episode. He looks exactly the same. It blew my mind. You want to know what he says about that? Because he gets that that a lot. He was like, well, salsa dancing, first of all. (laughs) And um, secondly, he'll look at you, grin, and wink at you and say, black don't crack, baby. (laughs) 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 I'm kidding. (laughs) And I mean, you can't argue with that, can you? Oh, my my gosh. (laughs) In his case, certainly not. Francisco Perez said, for me, it was the Time Force Wild Force panel. I didn't get to go to that, but... I didn't go to that either, yeah. I'll have to check it out. The Monkey Grid said, my favorite moment was the reveal of the Dino Charge main cast, a lovely group of people with a talented background. Power Rangers 20 said, definitely the vendors... 
there was a lot of stuff to buy. My wallet oh, yeah. is still recovering. <laughs> I, I went in Friday afternoon and came out <laughs> broke. Like, was Within an hour, I think. Within like 10 minutes, I was, well, that's it for me. <laughs> I've got money for food for the weekend, and that's about it. Let me ask some of you guys. Oh, sure. So obviously, I understand the appeal of getting this stuff at the con. Mm-hmm. I guess my, my question was because I was I was seeing Legacy Morphers there for two hundred and fifty dollars, and it's way Oof. more than what I paid for mine. So my question to some of you guys who collect some of this stuff is: yeah. Do you buy this stuff at the convention because it's just it's more appealing to get it at a, at a convention than pursuing it online and seeing if you can get better deals? No, actually, as a toy collector myself, I'm actually looking for the good deals. I'm not just there to like, oh, the first thing I see, holy crap, I'm going to buy it. No, I found some pretty good deals for some of the things that I was looking for specifically. I try to save my con shopping, at least for the merchandise side, towards either the very beginning when you know something is rare and you can't find it again and you know someone else is going to snatch it up, or the last day of the convention when these vendors are just trying to get rid of stuff and they discount things and they have stock, but... It's like, we want to pack up and take as less of this as possible. You definitely see some prices lower. Okay, that was my thought, because the first day, everything looked expensive. And I, you know, there's a ski convention that comes to L.A. every year that I go to, because I'm an avid skier. I find that on Sunday, it's the same deal, you know, especially the end of the day, Sunday. They're all just trying to get rid of stuff. You can find uh, amazing deals. I guess it's, it's true uh, with this, too. Yeah, it's that's pretty much a rule for any convention like this. If you can wait out and you know that they have a lot of something, just hold on to your money till that last day. And that's the thing. I was surprised. I took, I thought, which was a significant amount of money to the convention. And I was surprised I had a lot of money to deposit when I got back home. And I thought I was going to blow through all of that. But I actually surprised myself this convention. So... Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys get to look at any of the art that was on? That was on. So there were several very talented artists. I did. Did yeah. There was a lot of Mm -hmm. one of the guys is the artist for the official Godzilla comics, which I thought was very fitting for Power Morphicon. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of great great artists. Oh yeah, my one of my new prize possessions is the exclusive Morphicon print that Daniel Coney did with oh, yeah. um, with Austin and Utah. And I got both of them to sign it. Now I gotta put it in a frame. And that was really <laughs> cool. And Travis Earls and James Griffiths or Griff. They do Oh something. Griff is wow. He's incredible. Not. Yeah, he, he did that one for Austin, the battle worn Red Ranger. That was a request from Austin and it turned out amazing. Nice. I like all of his style. I like the one I really like is Jason Fonts, where the helmet is half forming on him and he's got his arm up. And yeah, Griff is very talented. Very jealous of some of the talent of these artists. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> as far as artists go, I have to give a shout out to Scott Shaw, who had a, a booth there, because he actually does the art for Annoying Orange Comics. And then he was doing Power oh. Rangers art. I texted my boss, I was like, you'll never guess who's here. It's Scott. Because I'd actually taken, I was I taken off of work to go to the convention, and I was like, "Hey, this guy that we work with is here, so I'm kind of working." You know, we're talking about <laughs> work stuff, but uh, you know, it's a small world. It's crazy. It is a very small world. Okay, so the next one, uh, Mecha Ranger 
said, since I wasn't there, I'm not sure if this counts, but all the Dino Charge stuff is very exciting, which I think we can all agree on that. A lot of buzz for Dino Charge. George Hansen Jr. said, more than one singular moment or panel, I have to say that my favorite thing to come out of PMC are the smiles. Seeing photos of fans big and small with huge grins across their faces is what makes PMC special for me. It's magical. I think we can all agree on that. Joey ZDX said, meeting all the actors, especially Austin St. John, Christopher Lee, and Yuta, as well as getting a game figure art. Gaim. 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 Gaim, whatever. I I don't care. (laughs) You think I care? Um, No, but yeah, whatever he said. (laughs) Well, I think Paramorphicon was a huge success. I can't wait to go to the next one. It's going to be probably 20 times crazier. I'm not sure that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It may be. If I'm there, it might just be. It might, <laughs> then it's going to get off the chain. You never know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank all of you guys for joining us on this episode today. Thank you for sharing your experiences. And any messages to anyone who maybe is on the fence about going to Paramorphicon? go. You've got to go. You've got plenty of time now to start saving up for the next one. Two years. <laughs> yeah, budget yourself and get yourself there. It's definitely worth it. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely worth it for me. Your inner child will thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Mine did. (laughs) Going down the list, Matt, where can people find you online? Well, my Twitter is MattJSun, M-A-T-T-J-A-Y underscore Sun. My website, this is MattJason with a Y dot com. And yeah, you can Facebook the Ranger. Nice. Steven, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Steven Zarita. You can check out Power Rangers Essentials on Hyperdrive Pictures on YouTube. And you can catch me playing the Red Sour Ranger on the Annoying Orange channel on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) And then, Susan, where can people find you? Well, me personally, my Twitter is Susie underscore Q underscore Matisse. Instagram is Susie Q Matisse. So I'm definitely on there. But, of course, Austin is my priority. So definitely check him out at on Twitter at ASJAustin. No other Twitter account belongs to him, by the way. It's right. only at ASJAustin. It's the only real one for Austin St. John. And, of course, on Instagram, Facebook. Facebook is just Austin St. John run together. I and mean, we just topped 100,000, by the way, today. Wow. And, uh, so, <laughs> Congrats. Yep, everything's chugging right along with that. So definitely check out Austin. Well, thank you guys very much for uh, being a part of our episode tonight. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, darling. Bye, darling. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. Hour.